Hello, hello. Welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. Thanks so much for being here with me today. Today's episode is a conversation that I think is perfect as we're just a few days away from starting a brand new year. I have Andrea Michaud on the show, and we are talking all about how to really take care of yourself as a teacher and as a business owner. I believe that health goes way beyond working out. It's so much more than that. It's our mental health, it's our habits, and even how we talk to ourselves. Andrea shares her story of finding holistic wellness, and we talk a lot about how to create a wellness routine that works for you and for your schedule, plus the importance of accountability and community. Another subject we touch on that I really love talking about is how our habits and the way that we talk about health rubs off on our children in every way. If you're feeling burnt out and just not physically or mentally healthy at this time, I really hope this episode gives you the gentle push you need to start taking steps to take care of yourself from the inside out. Andrea has been a teacher for 15 years, and she's now subbing. She discovered a passion for wellness and health and for helping others become healthier, happier versions of themselves. Most importantly, she wants to remind educators the importance of self-care. Let's get started. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business, but how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. All right. Welcome back. We are here with Andrea. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm excited for you to be here and to chat all things about health and taking care of ourselves, which I think will be a really great topic for everybody because people who are listening are not only podcasters, but a lot of them are also teachers and spouses and parents. And it's a lot to juggle at once. So I'm excited to hear all of your advice on how we can better take care of ourselves. But first, can you just share a little bit about you and your health journey? For sure. So I've been a teacher now for 15 years. Um, this I just, uh, I guess, resigned from teaching last year and now I'm full-time subbing, which I love. But in 2017, I really wanted to get like my health and um fitness back on track, if you will. Uh, I had just had both my babies and it was trying to balance how to be a mom, how to be a wife, how to be a teacher and all these things. But then I kind of was like realizing I was really forgetting who I was in the center of it. So I really wanted to bounce back. And so I was like, you know what, I want to do a fitness photo shoot for my 40th birthday. So I had this big goal. It was three years away. I was like, I'm going to do it. So I set out on this journey and I took it very slow. And it was like going from working out two days a week to increasing um, running a little bit and walking and then going into CrossFit. And then the pandemic started. So it was like, okay, (laughs) how do I navigate through this? Because things were all shut down and whatever else. Um, I was working with a nutrition coach and a mindset coach as well, just trying to like My fitness level was good, but I knew I needed a lot of help with my nutrition. Uh, So I was getting on that track and whatever. And then I had like the biggest bomb of all in the midst of all of that was my mom had passed away super suddenly in August 2020, which was 
three months before my photo shoot that I wanted to do. And my mental health with between dealing with that, uh, my mom passing away, going back to school with COVID, getting ready for this photo shoot, like my mental health just fell apart. Um, Looking back now, I can recognize that that's what happened. But in the time that I was in it, it took me a long time to realize that that's what had happened. So I took a lot of steps and procedures to kind of take care of myself, uh, which was what I needed to do in the big picture because I learned and it took me a lot of time to learn that if I don't take care of me, I can't take care of others and I can't take care of my students and I can't be a good mom and all that stuff. So yeah, I just kind of like went to a lot of counseling and used fitness as my coping mechanism, I guess, as you would, uh, to really like start dealing with my grief and to get back on track and help myself get through those like super tough COVID time days, teaching all that kind of stuff. So in the end of all of the journey and mindset and all that kind of stuff, like I feel it's such an insignificant thing, but I did lose like 60 pounds and have kept it off. And I think that that is also a big thing because people will lose weight and want to do this quick thing and all this kind of stuff. And then they don't realize the aftermath of it. Okay, you did it, but now what? And it's just (laughs) kind of like, okay, having that maintenance and figuring all the things out. So now I'm just about promoting teacher health and wellness because I know having been there, done that in the classrooms, being in different schools right now, like I just see the struggle that teachers are going through and they're still dealing, they're still burnt out from the last like two years and there's no like catching their breath kind of thing. Like they're just, maybe their shoulders are out of the water a little bit right now, not just like head. So I'm just really trying to help and improve and give tips and tricks to teachers and really just anybody in general, like how to take care of yourself. Yeah. And first of all, I'm so sorry about your mom. I mean, 2020 was such an awful year all around. So I can't imagine having to go through that on top of everything. And I I feel like a lot of us, like we're just going through the motions of every day and we know we're overwhelmed and like we know we need to take care of ourselves. But like you said, you don't have a moment to really like catch your breath. And it takes that like realization of like, okay, I need to change something in order to make some changes in my life that are actually going to stick. Because yes, I can, I know I can speak for myself, like with nutrition, with mental health, like you make these changes, but keeping up with them is like a whole nother story. (laughs) So what, like, what are some, what are some things that worked for you to actually be able to keep up with taking care of yourself? And because I really love how you pointed out, like health is not just about weight loss and about your physical body. It's also about your mind and your mental health. So like what, what really worked for you and how, how did you continue doing that over time? Yeah. And I think that's the big thing is that like, and the more I go into this and this journey and whatever is like physical and the way you look is such just one portion of the pie kind of thing, if you will, if you look at yourself as a whole pie, I'm really like my top things when people say is they say, find something you love to do, because if you don't love doing it, you're not going to want to do it. Like 
I hate basketball. So why I would think that I'm going to join a basketball league and think I'm going to go every week. I'm not like, it's just like, oh, it's just like another thing on your plate that you feel like whatever. But I love to walk. And I'm like, I look forward to going for a walk. So those are things I love to do. And I think another big thing that a lot of people do is they try to encompass too much. They try to change too many things. And there's no way you can um, do that. Like I said, like my journey was a three year journey, I say, and I changed things as things became habits. So it was like working out twice a week. I worked out for twice a week for almost seven months and then it became a habit. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is like part of my routine. This is part of how I am. And then it was like, okay, incorporating another thing. So it's just really, I say, find something that you love to do. If you don't love it, you're not going to want to do it. And then go slowly. If you try to change too many things, if you're trying to change nutrition and your sports activity and you're trying to be superstar and whatever, it's not going to work. You're just going to burn yourself out too quickly. So it's just making small changes that you can attain and hold yourself accountable for because if you're like, everybody always says, Oh, I did this, but it was too hard. Oh, I did this, but it was too hard. But like then lessen it. And if it's still too hard, lessen it. If working out one day a week is all you need for 20 minutes, that's where you start. Like it's just taking it very slowly as to where and what works for you. That's such good advice. Like you can't go from not working out at all to pushing yourself to work out seven days a week. Like that's going to feel so overwhelming. Um, So I really, I love, I love that thought process of building it into your routines, making it a habit, start small, and you can kind of build on that over time. And I'm with you. I love my walks. That's like my non-negotiable every day is at least I'm getting a walk in, especially when you're working from home, like you got to get up and get moving. (laughs) Exactly. For sure. Yes. Um, And now I go, something that has helped me is and I'm sure you feel this way if you, because you do CrossFit. I do like a, it's called burn. It's like a boot camp kind of style. But being somebody who works from home, it gets me out of the house and gets me around other people. And it is like the most motivating thing ever to be in a room of other women. It's pretty much all women. And it's just, it's that accountability. Like we're all in this, doing this together. We're all. <laughs> really tired and it's hard to to get there but if you could just get there and like start your workout yeah. you're going to feel so much better after um so just having for me like having people around me who are doing the same things that I'm doing in terms of like taking care of your physical health that's been like a game changer for me because <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I do like my workouts from home in my basement and like 5 minutes in I'm like Uh, I don't know. I'm like not feeling this today and nobody's there to push me. (laughs) Well, that's just it. Or I find like if I work out at home, like, oh, I'll go switch the laundry. Oh, I'll go do this. And then you have your kids at home and they're like, mom, I need a snack and I need this. And then you're like, well, I've just spent an hour and I've spent two minutes of it working out kind of thing. So it's just like, I'm with you too. Like my husband loves to work out at home and great for him, but I need to go somewhere. I need to go to the gym. It is also just my like, quiet like for me it is my meditation area and my zen area for myself even though I and I am a self-motivator I can push myself really hard so I don't need like somebody barking at me to do it like I can do it but it's just like I know I just work out so much harder when I'm in that atmosphere too and just like 
I'm not competing with anybody, but I'm competing with myself. Like, oh, I can do one more rep. Oh, I can add five more pounds. Oh, I can do whatever. So that's why I say like, find that thing that works for you. And if a group fitness class works for you, because like you just said, you're meeting other people. And if you're meeting a friend and stuff like that, it also holds you accountable for it too, because you're, I know when I meet up with my friends, I don't like letting them down. And it's like, oh yeah, like, yes, I'm coming. Or if you find that community as well, and you haven't shown up for a couple of weeks and people are checking in on you, like, what are you happening? Where have you been? What's happening? Like, even the gym I go to, I w- went on holidays for a week and they're like, where have you been? You were like, what was wrong? And I'm like, oh, I just went on holidays. Like, <laughs> so then it's just like people knowing that this is, you're all in it for the same thing. You might be there for different reasons, but you're there essentially for like just bettering yourself in some sort of way. So I think too, yeah, if you can find those people that vibe with you as well and that community, that fitness community that you just is welcoming and fits you. That also makes it that much easier as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, if if anybody is listening who is in the classroom and you know you're at school early, you're staying at school late, you're grading after school, you've got all the things to do, and then you go home and now you're mom to your kids yeah. and you're a wife to your spouse, like I know that there's people out there who are thinking, well, I'd love, I really want to take care of myself and I really want to get back into, you know, getting that exercise for my body, for my mind. What would you say to them if, if they're kind of like, I just don't have time for this? Uh, Yeah. And that's what I always say. And I feel like I don't have time as an excuse kind of thing. It's not something because we can all scroll on our phones and I use this always. We can all scroll on your phones for 20 minutes to two hours. Like all of a sudden the time is gone. Well, you just had 20 minutes or two hours to go for a walk or to go for, and everybody's like, oh, I don't have the energy. But if you create the cycle to get into the habit, you'll find the energy because the exercise releases endorphins and makes you more energetic. You'll sleep better. And it just links all the things. So it's just getting that like initial thing. And I say even too, like, it's not necessarily that you have to go work out or you have to go do whatever. I say, if you are in the classroom and you need to go, you're there early morning and you need to go pick up your photocopying, take the longest route possible to the photocopier. So then at least your body is moving a bit more. At lunch, like my girlfriend, I have a, I call her my work wife. Uh, We no longer work together, but we still meet up and whatever. And we would go for lunch or walks when we didn't have supervision, like that was our thing. No, nope, you're not grading. I'm not grading. We held each other accountable. Let's go outside and let's go for a walk. Getting that fresh air made such a big difference. So it's not like you need to find an hour out of your day. It's finding 10, 15 minutes, like, and just, okay, do little movement breaks with your class, even to, and do them with your class. A lot of teachers also put a movement break on and then they're sitting at their desk marking or doing whatever. No, like take the two or three minutes and do the movement break with your class and do the jumping jacks and do the dance, dance, freeze and the floor is lava and whatever. Because you know what? Like, I can't tell you too, because I'll kind of feel sluggish during the day or whatever. And I'll do those yeah. with my students. And just like your mood instantly changes. And you're like, oh, like, okay, let's, we're ready now and stuff like that. So I think it too is just finding the little things all the time. Or even if you're at home, If you're going to the bathroom, go to the bathroom furthest away from you. Or if you have to go pick up the mail, like take the longest way possible to the mailbox. Like it can be little tiny things. It doesn't have to be all encompassing at one time, but just small increments throughout the day just make that much of a move, 
or a change to. And it's just about moving your body because that links to so many other well-being things. Yes. Such great advice. You don't have to make it like this big thing of like finding an hour in your day. It's like these little pieces of your day. I love that. I know like, (laughs) yeah, I always use the example of scrolling on my phone too. Like I give myself that pep talk of like, okay, I just sat here and scrolled on Instagram for 20 minutes. Don't, I can't tell myself I don't have time to like get up and take a walk. Again, like working from home, I sometimes I'll tell myself like, Oh, I have, I have to do X, Y, and Z. I have all these things on my to-do list. Like I need to go, 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 go. I don't have time to go and take my dog for another walk. But in reality, like even if it's a 10, 15 minute walk, just a little loop around the neighborhood, I always feel so much better after. And I find that, well, I just got, I think I'm like the last person on the planet maybe to (laughs) have done this, but I finally got an Apple watch and. I tell you what, I don't know, this is my personality maybe, but like now I I am in competition with myself in the sense of like, it's a healthy competition, but I'm like, oh my gosh, now I really see like how many steps I get per day. And so I am taking more of those breaks now and it's crazy like how quickly your body gets into that routine. And now like I want to get up and move and just, you know, maybe do some, like I'll stand up and just do some jumping jacks or like jog in place or go up the stairs a couple of times. And those little, little tiny pieces that are just, you know, one or two minutes here and there, they make a huge difference. They do. And it's so funny you mentioned the Apple Watch thing too, because that's also what I tell people. Like I don't have an Apple, I have a Garmin one, but like I find, and I used to have a Fitbit, but I find the same thing. It holds me accountable. It's like, you've been sitting for too long. You've been like, you need to move, get up and stretch, like whatever. And same thing. My girls have one too. And we'll have like little come to, Ooh, how many steps did you get? How many steps did you get? And like, so we make these fun little things. And then like, or I used to be like, same thing. Like I, before bed, I'd be walking around the house. My husband's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I didn't get to my 10,000 steps. Like I (laughs) got like walk loops around my house. He's like, you are such a nerd. I'm like, I don't care. Like I just got to do what I got to do. So I do say like get an Apple watch like or a Fitbit like it doesn't even have to be anything super fancy, but just something that says, hey, like it triggers you, you need to move and just like, yes, oh yeah, I do need to move. And I find that that is such a great tool. It is a game changer. Like I, I do the exact same thing. And my husband's like, are you serious right now? And I'm like ne- next to bed. I'm like, I'm not getting into bed till I get my 10,000 steps. And I mean, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a great, a great thing to have. And it, it is, it's like your own little built-in accountability partner. Like I love to see, like you can set a goal for how often you're standing to make sure that you're getting up and moving for at least a couple minutes every hour, your steps, your exercise, you can you know, yeah. track how much water you're drinking, like all of these things. I'm a little obsessed. I love mine too. <laughs> yeah. And I've become obsessed with it too, that like when I'm on holidays, I try to take it off. I'm like, it's like ripping a really hard band-aid. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fully relax. I'm not going to care, but yeah, I'm totally the same way. Yeah, it is. And it becomes an obsession, but at least it's a healthy obsession. I feel like because you are like, okay, this is making me better. So yes, I completely agree. And as we're talking about this, like I remember when I was in the classroom, I had like two work wives, same thing we called each other. And we would commit to like 
again, didn't have to be every day. I think we did this like two or three days a week where the PE teacher would let us go in and we would put a workout on the screen in the PE room and we would just work out together 20 minutes and then done. But like, again, that I think that accountability of some sort, it, it really can help you to make sure that you are getting that movement in. I think so too. Yeah. And it just like, it's just, okay, here. And then it doesn't allow you to have that excuse of backing out kind of thing. Um, Like you just said, that accountability of like, okay, we're doing this. And, and I think that's also people, it's that mindset too, of like, it doesn't have to be all encompassing at the same time. It doesn't have to be an hour out of your day. It can be a minute or two out of your hour. And then it's just like, oh, so then those two or three minutes at the end of the day have added up to 30, 35, 40 minutes and then you've already done it. So it's just like break it down and stuff like that too. Yes, absolutely. It makes it feel so much more attainable. All right, podcasters, you know how many details come with producing just a single episode and using the right tools is the key to creating high quality episodes in the most efficient way possible. One of my absolute favorite tools I use is Zencaster. I have tried so many different platforms for recording my guest interviews, and Zencaster is the one I've stuck with for so many reasons. It always gives me the highest quality audio because there is nothing worse than recording an episode that you can't use because of bad quality. It's so easy for you and your guests, even the not-so-tech-savvy ones. All they have to do is click a link, and we start recording. Boom. Done. Plus, the video is crystal clear so you can repurpose your solo and your guest episodes on social media and on YouTube. Oh, and it gives you a transcript of your episodes. You can go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So go to Zencaster.com slash pricing. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS for 30% off. That's educators, all lowercase letters. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, we talked a little bit about like kind of this holistic view of health and not just the physical aspect, but also the mental aspect. Do you have any like strategies or like routines or anything that you do to kind of get your mental health in check? Um, So for me, it definitely is going to the gym like that for me is my mental health capacity. And my family has even come to realize that as well. Like, if I start to get really antsy, or if I start to go like, whatever, if I've taken a week off, my family will be like, what is wrong with you lately? I'm like, I haven't gone to the gym in however many days. And they're like, ah, you need to go like, and they recognize that it is healthy for me. And like, I have two girls. And that's also too, was my big thing. Why I started this journey was because I wanted to be a positive role model for them and not using like diet culture and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, Oh, mom, you go to the gym to be strong. And I'm like, Yes, I do go to the gym to be strong. And I think too, like, it does have an impact on my mental health, because then it's just like, okay, yes, I am strong, and I am capable and I am doing all these things. And they're seeing that as well, that like, when I am having troubles, that this is a healthy coping way, or if I'm like had a rough day or whatever, or in the summer when I've had them all day and my husband comes home, like I just need to go for a 10 minute walk to be by myself. 
And they all recognize that that is what we need to do. And I think we need to allow ourselves, especially as women, as moms, is the permission to do that. Like, don't feel guilty about taking time for yourself because I learned the hard way that like with through my mental health issues when my mom had passed away and then I was trying to do everything like it caught up to me eventually. And then it's just like, okay, now what? And it's just allowing yourself that time to just find what it is that works for you. If it's having a bath, that's another thing I love to do. I love to have a bath, watch my Netflix, sit there for 10, 15 minutes, and then just like, okay, this is my time. And my family again, recognizes it. And I think as you are a positive role model, you're teaching, especially the younger kids too, like with my girls, that these are healthy ways to be dealing with it. And if my, one of my girls, my oldest, she's eight and she'll be like, Oh, I've had such a stressful, like, not that she knows what stress means, but like, you can just, she's a little bit anxious and she's like, can I please have a bath? I just need to like calm down. And I'm like, absolutely. So she like has seen, so I'm kind of role modeling those behaviors already so that they can hopefully have healthy habits as they go get older and going through what is just beginning of their like hardships of life is that, okay, like, yes, let's do this. Oh, let's, they understand what exercise the benefits of it is because I'll bring them with me. If I'm running, they ride their bikes. Like when it was in the pandemic and I had to work out in my garage, they knew it was workout time. They were only three and five at the time I had little weights or they would go run around in the crescent. Like they understood, how they felt afterwards, even at such a young age. So I think too, like it just is finding the tricks that work for you as well. And I say like, yes, the gym is my sanctuary. It is not for everybody, but it's just finding those tips and tricks that work for you and your mental health. Like what is it that allows you to really clear your head? Is it doing yoga? Is it going for a walk? Is it going for a run? Is it reading a book? Like there's so many different things and so many things that don't require you to even like go out, out, out. Maybe it is a night out with your friends and stuff like that. So it just kind of, I think you need to recognize what also works for yourself. Because again, if it doesn't work for you, then why are you doing it? Just because some guru told you it works, but if it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't really work. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that goes back to what you were saying at the very beginning of this conversation is finding those things that you love because those are going to be the things that you're going to be able to commit to. And in terms of like reading a book, watching Netflix, like those things that bring you that joy and kind of calm you down at the end of a long day, like that, those are important and you need to build those into your schedule. And, you know, if going to a workout boot camp does not sound like your idea of fun and you're a huge introvert and you know you're going to hate it, then yeah, don't like force yourself to do those kinds of things. And I'm so glad you brought up about your children because I think it's so important that we remember that our kids are always watching and they're also listening to the things that we're saying. Like you said, I'm glad you also brought up diet culture. Like this is not about like putting yourself on a strict diet and like working out two hours a day. And these are all things that we need to teach our children as well. My daughter mm-hmm. loves coming down and working out with me if I'm ever doing like an at-home workout too. It's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so cute to just watch them and they understand like the benefits of it and just like, oh yeah, like we want to be, and they'll say like, mom, we want to be strong like you. And we want to do like, we want to lift weights. And I'm like, excellent. Like, that's what I want you to do too. And they both play hockey. So I'm like, well, we do these things because 
we need to fuel our body for hockey or you, I need to fuel it to go to the gym. And so it's creating those healthy conversations too about like, okay, because they're going to have so much other influence on them as they get older, but I'm hoping establishing it now as they're younger, like, okay, these are the things like you can have a balanced diet. Yes, we can have whatever, but we can also have a donut. And we're just yeah. like Halloween last night, Kate, okay, have like six pieces of candy. And they're like, what? Yeah. Like, cause I never say that. I'm like, no, just like pick six, whatever you want and then eat it. And then like, and then even too, they're like, I've had four and I'm good. I'm like, okay, that's fine too. So it's just also like, okay, are you full? Are you eating it because you just want to, or because it's there kind of thing? So. Yes. That's been coming up with my daughter a lot. She's in kindergarten. And I, I try to say to her, like, listen to your body. Like, how is your tummy feeling? Is it full? Then you don't need to eat any more mac and cheese. If you're hungry, then keep eating like those kinds of things so that I'm not making her feel like she's restricted to certain foods. And I have to say like, she, like you just said about your one child who said, I'm good at four pieces of candy. Like my daughter's the same way. She, she has a couple pieces and then she's like, I'm good. And it is all about balance. And even with your mental health and your physical health and your emotional, like all these things, it is about finding the balance and what works best for you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you're willing to kind of give us some insight when it does come to nutrition for busy teachers and busy business owners, like, do you have anything that works for you? Like, do you meal prep? Do you, how do you handle your nutrition? Yeah. So I meal prep ish, I guess I would say. So I kind of have like, so for breakfast, I have one of three breakfasts. Like I know every day, like this is what I'm going to eat. Um, It's usually like a protein pancake. And I'll talk a little bit about like protein enriched meals, because especially as women, and I definitely discovered this working with my nutritionist is like, we do not eat enough protein. And that's what satiates your body the longest. So I always say like, try to incorporate some kind of protein with every single meal or snack. And sometimes women are like, Oh, it's so hard, or it's so whatever. But it's just again, finding foods you like, that will fill your stomach up. And it goes back to my kids too. I'm like, you need to fill like, you can eat all the goldfish you want, but you're not (laughs) filling your belly with like something that's going to hold you over tie you over. And it's the same thing with teaching and being out working and whatever, like, you need to find something and that will hold you over. So having a bit like I have a, yeah, like I have one of three breakfasts for lunch. I kind of usually have because teachers, we get like 3.2 seconds to eat lunch and to (laughs) heat it up. I just essentially have what was for dinner the night before. So I really just plan like my dinners and then my lunches are the next thing, but it's always incorporating some kind of protein into every meal. So whether it's like cottage cheese or beef jerky or deli meat or Greek yogurt and something like that, like just, and don't like wait. Teachers are notorious for this. Don't wait till you're starving and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to hit the floor uh, because I haven't eaten in so long. Like don't like shy away. I always ate in front of my students all the time. I still do. Now I have a bit more balance because obviously with subbing, I don't have as many things on my plate, but you eating in front of your students also is giving that positive role modelness as well. Like, okay, yes, we all have to sit down and have a break and eat. Like I'm not a robot as much as people like to think that teachers are, we are not, we need to fuel our bodies too. And sometimes they'll be like, they'll come in from recess or whatever they're doing. And I'm still eating. And I'm like, sorry guys, like I was coaching at lunch. I had a meeting. I had this, I was doing an interview with a parent. 
and I need 10 minutes to eat. So you all can sit and work on whatever X, Y, Z. And then I will be here to teach you, but I need to fuel myself first because I'm also a person who gets super hangry. And if you don't want to meet that teacher for sure. And I, that's what I tell them too. They're like, yeah, go ahead. And they understand. <laughs> like, please, please. Yeah. Eat. <laughs> so then I think too, like just having that moment and having snacks available rather than going through a drive through too, I think also helps. Like in my car, I always have granola bars. I always have protein bars, some beef jerky or whatever, just in the like door of my car. So that if it is like, oh my God, I need something right now it's right there versus going through wherever and then you're like adding up all these calories and you're like oh well I didn't really need that had I been prepared so I think that's another thing too is I always leave the house with snacks my husband makes so much fun of me but I'm like yeah but at least I know all of us are going to be fed we can all have something to eat we're not going to be cranky so it's also knowing your body too but yeah like nutrition wise it's definitely Get that protein in and eat every few hours. Don't wait till you're like, oh my God, I know some people are like, oh, I haven't even had lunch yet and it's four o'clock. I'm like, how is that even possible? Like, that's also not not healthy. No. And that's when the binging happens and it's just not good for your body. Yeah. I, I also, I love to keep snacks in my car as well. I think that's like a huge game changer. And now, kind of a side note, but you were talking a lot about protein. Is there, like, do you follow a protein rule? Like, I think I've heard you should eat like a certain amount of your body weight in protein every yeah. day. Yeah. Um. So the like general number is like 0.6 grams to one gram for every pound you weigh. So like if I, I'm terrible at math, but if Same. I weighed a hundred pounds, 0.6 would be like six. So I should eat between 60 grams and a hundred okay. grams of protein, which like if you're on the hundred scale, is like a lot, especially for a smaller human. And I noticed definitely like when I changed my diet to look like that and reflect that a bit more, I definitely didn't have those highs and lows of crashes, which I tend like if some people will get. So when you are just kind of like burning that energy consistently throughout the day. So yeah, like that's general, the general rule of thumb is 0.6 grams to one gram for every pound you weigh. Okay, perfect. And uh, you mentioned protein pancakes. What Mm -hmm. is your recipe for that? Do you use, is it like a box or do you use something else? No, I make my own. So the exact recipe is 100 grams of egg whites. I use 50 grams of blueberries, 35 grams of quick oats, and then a teaspoon of cinnamon and baking powder. And then I just put uh, 15 grams of vanilla protein powder, blend it in a blender and then cook it in a frying pan. It's really liquidy. So you kind of have to have a frying pan that has like a side and it's a big pancake. Don't think like traditional small ones. And then that's what I have with peanut butter on top. And I eat that probably five out of seven mornings. Oh, awesome. We will put that in the show notes. I love it. Finding a good protein powder that you love is like is huge too because that's just such a – that's how I get a lot of my protein in too. And I am very much with you on like find some meals that you like and repeat them. Like keep it simple. Decision fatigue is real. And if you can like – meals are one thing where you can like eliminate those decisions. Like get yourself on a cycle and repeat. That's what I do. Some people might find that boring, but I find it comforting. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm the exact same way. Like I have like 
the exact same snacks. Like I probably have a protein bar for one yeah. of my snacks because I'm generally uh, driving home from work. So it's easy to eat in my car. And then in the morning, it's like cottage cheese or yogurt or like, I generally like just rotate between those two. Because again, like decision fatigue, I'm like, oh, it's just another thing, whatever, mm-hmm. unless I really am like, oh my god, I'm really tired of those. And same with dinner, like I try to keep it simple. And especially with kids, like my six year old is like the pickiest eater on earth. She'll eat spaghetti and then she hates lasagna. I'm like, it's the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. It is format. Like we were having a fight on the way home today, like or driving to school. What do we want for supper? And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's have lasagna. I hate lasagna. Look, we cannot eat chicken nuggets and fries every single day. Like (laughs) I know that's what you could do, but it's not going to work. So again, it's just having those. And those quick, easy meals too, like a quick staple in our house is chili or tacos, like, yes. or even like to the Kodiak mix protein pancakes. Like yeah. we often have breakfast, supper, like I don't care. It's food in our bellies. It is like we're on too as we get busier, like they have gymnastics and swimming and stuff and just kind of like prepping a bit ahead. Like I'm not saying meal plan for a whole week, but know a day or two. Like I already know the next two days worth of what we're having for dinner. So I can, okay, make sure I have everything and whatever. Or if it's like, okay, I need to clean out the fridge. Like this is what we're having. Like, so it's just kind of making sure. Yeah. That last minute decision is what's always the worst because you're starving. You want it now and whatever. So whatever you can prep ahead of time does make a big difference. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has been really fun chatting with you. Um, can you just let everybody know where they can find you online if they want to connect? Oh, for sure. Um, so the best part I, or best place I would say is Instagram. And my handle is fit. So F-I-T dot wonder dot womom. So W-O-M-O-M. Oh my gosh. Um, I never noticed that that was mom. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Like, and I find like, it's all encompassing of all my things. So the fit is for like my fitness journey. The wonder is for my teaching and wondering, always changing and opening my mindset and stuff like that. And then the woman mom, obviously I'm a big mom. So those are my three big passions I say that I love to talk about. So that's the all encompassing of my name. Perfect. I love a good like story behind a name. So that is great. And we will link that in the show notes for everybody. And thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking with you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.